0: Welcome to a message by Highway Christian Community. Highway Christian Community is a church in Pinetown pastored by Steve and Janet Wheeler, whose vision is to make disciples. You can visit their website at www.highway.org.za. We hope that today's message enlightens the eyes of your heart to know the goodness of God and awakens you to live your God-given purpose. Enjoy. Hold on, let me just fix this thing. Good morning. Is that better? Yeah, we got you. Okay, so once again, um, it's always a privilege to be up here, and thank you so much for having me, and um, I believe every single one sitting here that's born again, can I see you? Who's born again in the room? Okay, so if you're born again, the Bible says that you have an anointing that abides. Can you say that? I have anointing that abides right, and it doesn't come and go. Anointings are not about feelings, even though feelings can be nice. Anointings are about understanding your position in Christ. Understanding that God has set you apart for a purpose and a reason. And this morning, how many of you were in the second service last week? Okay, great. So you're in for a treat. Hallelujah. We've got a whole new crowd. That's awesome. So we're going to talk about manifesting sonship. Now, I'm sure we've all heard many things about sonship and um, how sonship works and, and different things. But I want to take you back to some fundamentals so that you can get an understanding for what sonship is and where we're going. And so, the first thing I want you to realize is that you have many plans. How many of you have got plans? At least four of you. Good. Okay, so I'm taking you've all got plans. So The Bible says... Many are the plans in the mind of a man. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. Many are the plans. Many are the plans. But it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. So this leads us to believe something. That God stands by His purpose and His original intention. See, so God doesn't stand by your purpose and your intention unless your purpose and your intention line up with his purpose and his intention. So the formula for success is quite simple, really, isn't it? Find out what God wants and get behind it. Oh, that's very simple. Hey. So let's go do that for the rest of the day and I can basically go now. Because it literally is what it boils down to. The, the struggle is that there are so many things pulling us in different directions that we, sh- we lack the fortitude to focus on God's purpose and His intent and make every one of our plans come in agreement with His purpose and His intent. So, what should we do? We should align our plans to God's original intention. So how many of you do actually still bring your Bibles to church? Okay, great. So if you want, please, I haven't got this on a slide. I just want you to go to Genesis 1, 26. Um, and I want you to just read something there. We want the original intention of God. We need to go back to the beginning. Isn't it? Because how many of you know that God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow? The only thing that has changed is that He relates to us differently now because of the finished work of the cross. God hasn't changed. His relationship with us has changed through that which He did on our behalf. So in Genesis 1, this was God's original intention. He said, and it says, and God said. Now in the original, it says, and, it's a plural, okay? And the God said, let us make man. And it's uh, the Father head, the God head, that is speaking there. Okay? Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion. So the whole reason we were created in God's image and in God's likeness is so that we may have dominion. And in order to understand the true function of dominion, You have to understand that God was the originator of dominion. God has shown us what dominion looks like. And His way of dominion is the type of dominion that we ought to walk in. Because that was the reason why He put us here. The best way you can worship God is to demonstrate His dominion on the earth in your life. Isn't that right? I mean, how many of you remember the words Jesus said to the Pharisees when he said, with your lips you worship me, with your hearts you're far away from me? That is because they're saying, yes, Lord, we love you, but actually their hearts are somewhere else. And the reality is we can say things and not mean them, and God always says what he means, and he wants you to be the kind of person who says what you mean. Because when you say what you mean, Your words carry power. Amen? So, God's original intention is to make the earth a colony of heaven that is ruled by people who are ruled by God. When Adam was put on the earth, he was in right relationship with God. He was under God's rulership and he was walking in step with God. And he was meant to enforce heaven on the earth. So to make the earth an extension of heaven, we have to do it through the temporal powers of his sons. Now, how many of you know that when the Bible talks about you being the children of God, it means that you are descendants of God? If you're born of someone, you are their child, whether you are a male or a female. But when God is speaking to us in relation to the type of responsibility and purpose that He's intended for us, He speaks to us in that framework, the relationship of a son, because a son has more responsibility generally than a daughter. Just like a bride is a different type of relationship in respect to the Son of God, as you understand, we are the bride of Christ. So if I can be a pretty bride, all you ladies can be sons. Amen? It goes both ways, right? Okay, so the reality here is what I want you to understand is that God is trying to communicate to us through a relationship structure that we understand because it's what we know. And He wants us to carry in that relationship structure so that we can understand how fathers govern their children so that they can fulfill the purpose which they're intended to fulfill. I don't believe there's anyone in this room who wants their children to fail. No one? No. Every one of us here want our children to succeed. And let's be honest, God is way better than us. Not in our position, but at least in some of our actions. Amen? So the reality is if If we are not yet manifesting perfection, but we know how to treat our children well, how much more does God know how to treat His children well? And it's understanding this that will bring us into an understanding that we want the purpose of God in our life, and we want to get behind His intention so that we can bring forth a colony on the earth that is manifesting heaven So that the manifold wisdom of the church may be manifested and the world can be awed by all that God has done in and through us. That is what we're destined to. This is not it. We're not, this is not it. We've still got a while to go, guys. We got, we still got room, room to grow. So what is temporal power? So if you go back in, um, to, say, the Roman Catholic Church, you'll understand temporal pro- power better than anybody because back in the day, it was the power that the bishop, the cleric, and the pope had over secular matters. For example, the pope has power over the things that happened in Rome. It's a temporal power means the power that you have over secular matters, even though you are a spiritual individual. It was always meant to be that the church should be the governing um, authority for the government in the secular world. It should never have been that the secular world would govern the church. Amen or Omi? You see, the minute in every area that we forego our responsibility, the world will step in and the enemy will try and make it his own and pervert it and hurt more people because we were intended to occupy that space. In every area of life, we are meant to occupy as sons and daughters the space so that we can bring heaven into every situation. So, God's intention is for his sons to have spiritual oversight over the industries and institutions that make up our society. Just as God gave dominion to Adam over all the earth and everything that was on it. Now, Let me just back up one second and once again make sure that you understand that dominion does not extend to people. It extends to things and the planet and animals and everything on it, but not to one another because God has declared us all in Christ kings. We are all kings in the kingdom of God. Jesus is the king of kings and you are the kings that Jesus is king over. So that's what we need to understand in order to realize that actually we can only fulfill God's intention once we come into Christ and come in agreement with God's will for the earth. And without spiritual oversight, our cities are lost and without hope. How many of you here know that if you look around, you can see a lack of spiritual oversight? these three people. Everyone else is just. Yeah, absolutely. It must be that, right? Okay. But the truth is that whether it be this generation or the next generation or the generation after that, God is going to have what God is going to have. Don't be fooled. And if you want to back the winning horse, it's really getting behind the gospel of the kingdom of God. Because that is the purpose that God is backing. That is God's intention and God's purpose. That's the winning bet. Because whether you live or pass on, you're forever. You win. Come on now. are Are we just clinging on to a temporary life? Or do we know that we're eternal beings? Come on. We don't mourn like others do. Why? Because we have a hope that others don't have. Come on now. So... Something you need to understand about God is God is eternal. Therefore, God moves in circles. He is the beginning and the end, the alpha and omega. The only way to understand God in that framework is to understand him as some, something that is infinite and doesn't end. Now, that also means that we live in a, what, a direct plane, a solid line. So we live in a timeline from beginning to end. And because we do, we try and fit everything into our frame of reference. You know, many people ask the question, well, where did God come from? Well, eternity is forever. God is forever. Forever doesn't come from anywhere. Forever is. Does that make sense? So if, so in eternity, there is no such thing as a beginning and an end. He has no beginning of days and no end of days, just as was mentioned when Abraham encountered Melchizedek. No beginning of days, no end of days, because why? He's a being that is eternal. He always has been. God always is, always has been, and always will be, because He's eternal. Hopefully that answers the question for you. So we are the crown of all creation, and we have been placed over the works of God's hands. So let's see you know, where that happens. There are things that disappeared in Genesis because of Adam's sin that reappear in the book of Revelations because of Christ's victory. So we know that in Genesis, even though we were given dominion, after Adam and Eve disobeyed God, there was a definite drop in authority and in our position as beings because we had submitted to a lower life form. So... The things that go out of existence are the river of life, the tree of life and paradise. These things go away. And then some new things creep into this world that were not there before. So when God made the earth, He didn't make them with sin and sickness and death and poverty and suffering. These are not things that God intended. This is not part of God's original intention. And so, if it's not part of God's original intention, then is God backing it up? Yes or no? Okay, let me say it again. If sin, sickness, death, poverty, and suffering are not part of God's original intention, then do you think God is backing it up, or do you think God is not backing it up? You see, if he's not backing it up, then he is against those things. He is not for them. So God is against sickness. He's against sin. He's against death. He's against poverty. And he's against suffering. He does not want that for you, even though you might encounter it in this world, that is still working its way back towards a world that is completely representing heaven. Because heaven is invading the earth, and we are the agents of that invasion. So what will be restored in Revelation is the culmination of all that we are working towards. In other words, what Christ has already accomplished, we are enforcing so that by the time Revelation happens, we live in a world that has fully manifested all that Jesus paid for. Which is an important thing. I take it in any one of your hearts, you all are looking forward to a world without suffering, without poverty, without death, without sickness, and without sin. Am I right? So that is what we're all aiming towards, not because we're trying to get rid of those things in the sense that we need to destroy them. No, we are enforcing the victory that they have already been destroyed. Jesus destroyed them. The last enemy to be put completely out is death. And then all of it's done. Does that make sense? Okay. So these are the things that reappear because of Christ. What do they reappear? We see all the things that went missing come back, and we see that sickness and death and separation of nations all disappear, and everything is back again the way it should be. So if we align our plans with God's purpose, we will have the backing of heaven. Now, how many of you would like the backing of heaven in everything you do? Okay, so all you need to do is figure out what God's on about. Like, where is he going? And then get on with where he's going and go the same way he's going. And you will succeed alongside him. Okay, now this is what God really thinks about you. Not what the world has told you, but what God really thinks about you. When I look at the heavens and the work of your fingers and the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, how many of you have ever looked up at the stars and gone, wow? Or looked at some of those Hubble, those Hubble telescope pictures and gone, my gosh, how beautiful is that? And that, we look at that and we go, what a magnificent creation. What eloquent design. What purpose-driven beauty. But yet, we look at them and we go, but we're so, in, we're so insignificant. Why is it then? And this is what the psalmist is writing. He says, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? How many of you have ever felt that way? Why do you care about us so much? Because let's face it, we've not made it easy for him. Isn't that right? We haven't made it easy for him. He literally had to come and die and demonstrate what he was doing in order for us to actually realize what the truth was. Amen? So, what is man that you care for him and yet you have made him a little lower than heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. Now, the thing is, if you look over there, you'll see I've got the word there in the original Hebrew and it says Elohim, which actually means God himself for this word here, heavenly beings. So it actually means that you have made him a lower than God himself and crowned him glory and honor. That's what it means. It means that God hasn't made you a little lower than angels. God made you originally a little lower than himself. As much as a copy of you wouldn't be you, but it would be a little lower than you. Because there's no way God makes you in His image and in His likeness and you don't look like Him and you're not supposed to act like Him. It has to be that way. Um, you know, my, my wife once used this analogy which was really powerful. She said, when, when our daughter um, was a little girl, people would look at her and say, oh, she's got your hair, she's got your eyes, she looks just like you. How many of you have ever heard stuff like that? And no one got offended. No one was like, how dare you think you can be your father? No one got offended. Why? Because she's my child. Of course, if she didn't look like me, maybe something went wrong. And this is what's important. We need to understand that the part of you that you can't see, your spirit being, when you're born again, has been restored to just like Him. You have recreated, re-energized, remade to be just like Him. You are born of God. I'm running ahead of myself a little bit, but hopefully you'll get it. It says here in Psalms 8 verse 6, you have given Him, that's who? Who's the Him in the sentence? You, right? Dominion. What does the word dominion mean? means to be a ruler, to rule, to have dominion, to rule. God wants you to be a good ruler. He doesn't want you to be a dictator or an authoritarian or any of those other things that are bad. Authoritarian, sorry. He wants you to be one who uses dominion to bring things to its fullest potential. So he is giving you and me dominion over the works of his hands. This was his choice, not my choice, not your choice. This was his choice, and so if we wish to follow his choice, we choose to agree with him. Amen. He says, "He gave you work. He gave you dominion over the works of his hands, and you have put God. You have put all things under man's feet. How many things? You mean even those little invisible, creepy, crawly ones?" All, oh, Good. So, we were created to have dominion, and the earth is an extension of heaven to be ruled by those who are ruled by God. The earth is an extension of heaven that is meant to be ruled by those who are ruled by God. And this is the end of that, that particular verse. You can go read the rest of it. <laughs> what have we learned from the Garden of Eden? Well, there's a couple of things we learned from the Garden, Garden of Eden When God made Adam in his image and likeness, he then took him in chapter 2 and he puts him in a garden. And he puts him in this garden and he tells him, I want you to tend it and keep it. I want you to work it and keep it. Okay? Because he, Adam, is the original son. So go with me in your Bible quickly to Luke chapter 4. I'm about to wrap this up, I promise. Am I still good for time? Okay, so Luke chapter... Are you guys enjoying yourselves? Are you blessed? You better say yes. You're in this church. Hallelujah. Everyone here is blessed. If you go to Luke 4... Actually, no. Luke 3, um, chapter uh, chapter 3, verse 38. There's a whole list of the genealogy of Jesus in chapter 3. And at the end of chapter 3... It concludes, and it concludes with this. It says, Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahaliel, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Oh, it's in your Bible, promise. I read it right out of mine. Stock standard ESV. So what is it saying? It's saying that Adam came forth from God. Well, we know that Adam breath- God breathed into Adam and up came a living being. Am I right? The roar of God went into Adam. Is that right? And this is important because here's the thing. Everyone is trying to explain our origins by our natural means. The reality is nothing natural about how you came into existence. You are supernatural from day one. You are a supernatural being. You know what we call someone who is supernatural chasing the supernatural? Someone chasing themselves. Isn't that right? You see, the, our problem is sometimes we are so busy chasing the supernatural that we forget that we are supernatural. That we meant to manifest the supernatural. And we'll get into that a little bit later at another time, probably next week. So Genesis 1, as we, as I said, God gave Adam the job to tend it and keep it. So we learned that Adam had to discover everything in the garden. And you know that he had to, I mean, wouldn't you want to go on the adventure of discovering all that God had made if you were the first person on the planet? I mean, talk about what a letdown Neil Armstrong had when he got to the moon as to when Adam showed up on the planet. Amen. So, so for I mean, if I was Adam, I'd want to discover it. That means the great adventure. In your heart, every one of us have a sense of adventure, to go on an adventure. This is part of working it and keeping it, to discover the garden. And then, in order to keep it, you've got to design it. Right? Because nature, by default, grows very chaotically. If you have any kind of vegetation in your um, garden, you'll know that if you don't look after it, it gets out of hand. Amen? Okay, And we pay a lot of money to keep that <laughs> under check. So Adam had to design it. Design means that you actually have to own it. You put your own fingerprint on it. You, you make it your own. So yeah, God has given us something that is His, but He wants us to make it our own. He also wanted us to defend the garden. In other words, to be custodians of it and to protect it from harm. Unfortunately, Adam obviously um, didn't succeed in this area eventually. And then he told him to dominate it. So it's design it, discover it, design it, defend it, and dominate it. And these are the things that the original Son of God did. Because there is no such thing as dominion over a domain without a dominion. In other words... There is no such thing as dominion without a domain. You have to have a domain to have dominion over. And now you need to ask yourself, well, if you have a domain and you are called to have dominion, well, what must you do? What must you do with the dominion that God has given you, the domain that God has given you? You must... Discover it. Find out what it is. Isn't that right? You must keep it. You must design it. You must defend it. That is what God has called you to in the area of dominion. So what is your domain? All of creation is waiting with eager longing for the revelation Of the sons of God. All of creation. Where you are right now. Where you are right now. You are literally the thing that the whole earth is waiting for. Guys, do you understand how important this is? Like, Do you really understand? This is not one day in the by and by. Earth is just waiting for you to fully wake up. To all that God has already done. Because when God when God made us brand new, when He gave us the the new birth and He and He adopted us into His kingdom, we were given everything. 2 Peter chapter 1 says that God has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness. It means there is nothing that we lack, there is nothing that we need. God is not holding out on you. No matter your situation or your circumstance, no matter what you're going through, God is not holding out on you. He is not your enemy. He is your friend. He is not your enemy. He is your father. And he cares about you. And the enemy would want you to believe that he's against you for whatever reason you can find, whatever condemnation you can stir up in order to eliminate you, from a relationship with the one who can help you. Does this make sense? Because that is ultimately what rulership means. How well can a, if I'm an agent that is representing another master, how well can I represent that master if I don't hear the voice of that master? You can't, right? You're in business. How well can you represent your company if you know nothing about your company? You can't. So, how well can we represent the heaven and the kingdom of heaven if our relationship with our Father is lacking? Now, how many in this room think you can have a better relationship with the Father? Come on, be honest, it's fine. We all can, I'm sure we all can. Am I right? So, so if we can all have a better relationship with the Father... And we all agree here this morning that we should come in agreement with his purpose and his plan. Am I right? Is his purpose clear to you right now? How many of you would say, God's purpose is clear to me. I know what he's doing. Because if you don't know what his purpose is, I think I spelt it out. His purpose is for heaven to invade the earth and you are the means by which he wants it to invade the earth. Does that make sense? So if that's you, if you think, if you're saying, you know what, Mark, I'm hearing you this morning. I I want to reaffirm that. I want to come in agreement with that. I want to say, yes, Lord, I'm tired with with everything else. I want to say, no, Lord, I'm going to stand up and say, 'I, I agree with your purpose and your plan for my life and for the lives of my family and for the lives of this community. And I'm going to come in agreement with it. I'm going to do my best to renew my mind, to know all that you want done in and through me. If that's you, I want you to stand up. Good. I knew I was in the right place. But I just want to lead you through a small prayer. Is that okay? We're just going to come in agreement with what God's Word says. Is that okay? All right. Just pray this with me. Father God, this morning we stand before you, a community, a people who have agreed to get behind your purpose and your plan. Let heaven invade the earth. Let your kingdom be made manifest through every single one of us, wherever we go wherever we speak to wherever we touch let your kindness and your mercy and your justice flow let the things that are wrong come right today we agree we will no longer allow the enemy to take any foothold we are the sons, the sons of God. Thank you, Father, Thank you, Father that by your, spirit, by your Spirit you strengthen us, strengthen us and that you confirm your, your word in Jesus' name. In Jesus name. Amen. 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 Thank you so very much. Amen.